It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's the ultimate Cleveland sports show. I'm here with Jason and Tyvis today. We got Mikey McNuggets. We got Anthony. We got Earl all behind the glass. We'll get to them in a little bit. A lot to get to today on the ultimate Cleveland sports show. We're talking how valuable... Cavs and Browns players are on the trade front. Ooh. It's going to be a fascinating conversation coming up in a little bit. Stephen Kwan, the great left fielder, who's been a two-time gold glove winner, sat down with Mikey McNuggets and myself yesterday afternoon, and you'll see that interview for the first time today, uh, including could he transition to center field full-time and extension talks. We get into that as well. Uh, we'll get to and so there's so much to get to today, but first I got to do a big shout out here Mike if you could show the picture So this is my niece and my nephew. My nephew was just born last week Yeah, I mean how cute is that? Oh, <laughs> how cute is that? Yeah, so uh, my niece is Joey Alabato. She's about to turn five and there's my nephew. He's six days old. His name is Benicio, which I love Benicio. that name. Benicio. Benicio. That's badass. I like that. And uh, Benicio Alabado. They're not my nephew and niece by blood. I was going to say, that sounds pretty Italian. Uh, well, they're, they're actually uh, Italian and Filipino, the, okay. the kids, because Benicio. The, uh, the dad, Mel, <laughs> is, is Filipino, and the mom, Heather, is Italian. And they are such close friends of my wife and I that we – we like my son calls them aunt and Heather and Uncle Mel and yeah. my son like when we are with Joey he like takes care of her like he's his little she's his little sister so we're very close so so I call him my niece and my nephew and my my uh, Heather uh, who they're also from Brooklyn my friends Heather and Mel they they moved to Cleveland the same time my wife and I did oh that was great we didn't know them we met them here as soon as we both moved here. Uh, fortunately for them, unfortunately for us, they moved to Seattle a few years ago. Uh, but we're still very close, and we go see them, and we're going back to see them again this summer. But but uh, Heather just went through a uh, grueling labor of over 24 hours. She ended up having to have a C-section. Mm. Uh, and there were some scary moments with the baby. But fortunately, everybody's doing okay. We love you guys, and uh, they're cute as hell. So uh, welcome to the world, little Benicio. It's awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So, all right, uh, enough for that. Let's get to some sports. And before our first topic was supposed to be uh, some trade conversation. Before we get to that, Jason put out an article in The Athletic that's so long I couldn't even finish it, yet. <laughs> uh, it this morning. And it's about stadium. This is a conversation we've had before. Yeah. But you have more information on this. Jason, obviously, last week on the show, I think it was, we talked about the possibility of them moving by the airport. But now we have new information about 
maybe something happened in downtown after all, potentially. Well, we'll, we'll see. I, yeah. I still think, and, and really the article is a lot of what we talked about on the show. It was yeah. just me finally sitting down and putting it in a form for <laughs> my, my other employers. Yes, that's right. <laughs> they kind of wanted something on it. Yeah. So it, it's... It, it's going to be a battle over the next couple of years, I think, in terms of what they do with the stadium. And, and the city's been a little bit slow to come to the table. I think they've got other priorities and other things that they're looking at. And the Browns aren't really their number one concern right now because the lease has four years to go. But I've talked to people who build these things, who've been part of the projects. And they said, you have to go now. Like, you've got to do this now. Now is the time. We're four years out from the end of the lease. And if you go look at Minnesota... When they built the dome, they passed legislation in 2012 and the stadium opened in 2016, four years out. So now the question becomes, and really the story that I put out today was just like, hey, they're serious about this dome. Like the Browns want a dome. And the idea of renovating on the lakefront is still possible because it costs a lot less, obviously, than building the new dome. Sure. And if they can't get the financing then they're going to have to go back to renovating. But they're very much looking at trying to find a way to fund a dome. Jimmy was going to have to pay for half. We talked about that on the show. If it, it's the, what I've been told is between two and two and a half billion dollars with a B. For the whole project. For the whole project. Okay. Mm. It's, a, it's not a retractable roof. That's even more. So it would be okay. a standard roof. It doesn't open and close. There are other ways to do it. Minnesota did a beautiful job. It's a transparent roof. And the doors actually open when the weather's nice. Uh, I would assume they would do something could, like that. Right? Hopefully, yeah. you could do something. Yeah. Like that won't that. be more of a cheaper route. Well, the, the, the <laughs> uh, fixed yeah. dome is <laughs> yeah. cheaper than and opening a couple doors. Yeah, is yeah exactly. To to right, right. But I mean, you still got to come up with funding for over a billion dollars. Right. And the part of the reason, one of the reasons, the sources of revenue that they're looking at is marijuana, because they haven't really figured out the tax structure yet around marijuana. So everybody wants their cut. Everybody's in line right. Now, is that to, is that's officially illegal? Like people, it is pe legal. people are out. Yes, it's enjoying. Legal. People voted on it. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I know our state representatives are trying to mess with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the people of Ohio voted to make marijuana. So, legal. like today, they could go out and, and, and yes. smoke freely and as recreationally know, yeah. and be fine. As far but as they I haven't okay. figured out the yeah. taxes right. on it yet, so they got to figure out the tax structure on it. Gambling, I think it should be sports gambling. And they've already doubled the tax rate on sports gambling. It's up to 20% now. I think you go back and take another bite of the apple because if you want to make the argument of people who use it should pay for it, well, who uses the stadium more than sports betters? If you're betting on sports, yeah. you're likely Well, let me ask you this, Jason. Clarify this. Okay. When you, so right now, what are they, what's the tax on gambling? 20%, I believe. So if you make a $10 bet... You have it's two, your tax. Like who pays that two dollar tax? The DraftKings, FanDuel, that sort of thing. Okay, the, 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 so the fan doesn't actually no, do it. No, but I mean they could pass it down to the fan through, through fees and whatever else. Right, right, right. But as of now, no, not technically. Okay, but the companies do. But uh, so where's that tax money currently going? Do we know? Education gets a big a chunk of it. Yeah. Uh, gambling addict classes. Yeah. Military veterans. All wonderful causes. Right. I would never right. allocate rerouting that money. So I take, put that you in the say add to the tax. Add to it. Yeah. Take more out of it. And, and and you can go that route. And also, I want to make clear, like, every, I, I've heard a lot of comments this morning of, we'll just make Jimmy pay for it. I agree. We like, all agree. I put, I put it in there. I wrote it. Like, yeah. I support. <laughs> Jimmy can pay for the whole thing himself. Yes. Unfortunately, more times than not, that's not the reality. Other than yeah. Stan Cranky in L.A., that really hasn't been... Now, that doesn't mean it's impossible, but short of like picking him upside down and shaking him by the ankles and yeah. shaking $2 billion out of his pockets, 
if he says no, what are you going to do? So, so you've got you to come up yeah. with alternatives. Now, the city does have, well, not necessarily the city, but uh, there is some leverage for at least the state because the Browns can't move out of the Absolutely. state. Absolutely. You, you, you would have to put them up for sale and make them available to, it's how Jimmy got the, the Columbus crew. Right. Is it's state law was changed after Modell took the Browns to Baltimore. They changed state law so that before a team can leave the area, you have to make them available to right. for purchase. That was smart job. It was brilliant. It was brilliant <laughs> legislation. Yeah. So from that standpoint, yes, the state has leverage. Right. But if you tell them we're not going to give you a dime, go pay for it yourself. You know, I don't know where the where the right. Thing Ultimately, falls. you could say, well, it, it, nobody else is going to want to own a team too if they have to have a crappy stadium. Yeah. So I, I, unfortunately, I, taxpayer money should never go to stadiums. But it always does. That's the reality. But we I can think, rail against it if I we want. I think there's but. a difference. And, and I think Justin Bibb is really smart in coming yeah. out and saying we're not using general fund money. Agreed. To, I, I think that was yeah. a smart strategy yeah. move. But and, and I agree that it shouldn't be – you shouldn't raise taxes on Cuyahoga County residents or Cleveland or anything like that. But I don't see – if you're taxing marijuana, if yes. you're taxing gambling and, – and a big part of the story I put out was what they did in Minnesota – with these electronic pull tab games. Now, gambling is not legal in Minnesota, so that's a little bit the of a difference. The lottery is, I guess. Well, I mean, this, there's a state lottery. Right. But, but, like, there's no casinos. It's all Indian right. tribal. So land. how did they get away with the pull tabs? It's through charities. So charities more or less sponsor these electronic pull mm-hmm. tab games. The charities pay the tax and keep the profits. So charities have made tens of millions of dollars off this. Minnesota made so much money doing this that they paid off $350 million in state bonds 20 years early. Like, it was a huge yeah. success wow. in Minnesota. So in, so, in theory, we could have a charity. I mean, we could, in theory, have, you know, a charity helping homeless people. Yes. And, and all the money, would, most of it would go there. And then the taxes would go yeah. and to pay for the stadium, and these which games, is a win-win. Yeah, I mean, and these games are like they're on iPads, at yeah. least in Minnesota. They're, yeah. It's an iPad tied to, and you can only gamble on it. Right. And it's like dollar. It's almost like a slot machine on an iPad. Yeah. And you can bet 50 cents a dollar up to five dollars. The most popular games I was told are a dollar, two dollar games. And you just sit while you're drinking and you're out with friends or whatever. You just sit there and, and you gamble. Yeah. And the taxes on that, the money goes to charity and then the charities are taxed. And I mean, that tax revenue goes to stadiums. What's the downside on that? The downside yeah. is what if it doesn't work? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. If it's not enough. If, what if well, it, yeah, okay, and, so and how what? much did they make in Minnesota? Do you know the number I, by I, any chance? Uh, it's in the article. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know that they made enough. The state bonds were $350 million. And they paid it off after 10 years. They paid it off 20 years early. And it's right. still a booming business. It's still... And now right. they're arguing over what to do with the money now. Right. Well, mm. and now, listen, you wouldn't make as much money in Cleveland as you would in Minnesota. A, Minneapolis is a bigger city. It's but a it's wealthier statewide. city. 
It's but, statewide. Yeah. At, uh, and it wouldn't all go true. to Cleveland. Like, you know, Cincinnati's right. going to get a cut. I guess you'd have to put something in the legislation that if yes. you don't reach the number by a certain year, we're going to take 5% tax on marijuana well, or whatever it's, it's it is. 30 year, I mean, you would do it over 30 years. That's yeah. what Minnesota did. They just got, they had great success right. with it. But yeah. you'd, you'd do it over 30 years. And I spoke to the president of the company that builds the games yeah. in Minnesota. And he said Ohio would have to raise its tax. Right now they don't tax. The tax isn't very high on the charity gambling. Yeah. So you have to raise the tax on that. And other than that, I, I, think, it's, I think it's feasible. Like I, yeah. ha- I don't see a reason why. Now, you can make the argument gambling is already legal in Ohio. Minnesotans don't have legalized gambling. That's why the poll tabs are so popular because right. you can't go to a casino. And the gaming industry is going to push back hard on this if they try and do this. Right. Because their fear is they're going to take money away from Jack Casino down the street and everything else. Yeah. And the president I talked to, his argument was, this is a completely different crowd. If you're going to go to the casino and gamble, you're going to go to the casino and gamble. These are people going to their local bar, having it's a different. couple of drinks. I don't think it affects you. Ga- and, yeah. and you're, you're sitting there gambling I while agree you're sitting him. there. I agree yeah, with Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a different Last state. thing on this. The, how about Ohio, the state of Ohio, I believe, wasn't it $8 billion in gambling last year? Seven. Six. Yeah. Seven. Seven. Okay, let's even <laughs> say it's six. So 20% of that, it was, it was a 20% tax. Yeah. So 20% of $6 billion I screwed is, up math yesterday. I don't want to even like take a stab one, at this today. The Dayton Daily News I yeah. cited, and I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. Um, through October, how much money Ohio had pulled in in taxes. Yeah. $102 million just through October in taxes. $102 million Off gambling. Off gambling. Yeah. Mm. And that's with a 20% tax. Yeah. $102 million in one year. Yeah, through October. That's not oh, through October year. in ten months. So let's say you added another ten percent tax that strictly goes to the stadium. Yeah. All right. Ten percent. Let's say it would have been fifty. That would have been an extra fifty million in ten months. In five years, you're talking yeah. like three hundred in 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 ten. Probably in in fifteen years, that's a billion dollars. Theoretically, yeah, and off of just the gambling—that's that's a five percent tax. An addition, if if my math is correct, an additional five percent tax on sports gambling over fifteen years would raise about a billion dollars. I think. I don't know. I'd have to. My, I, I, I numbers off with that. I don't, don't want to try and play the numbers. <laughs> anyway, games. it sounds feasible, and that's only a five percent tax on sports gambling without marijuana. Mm. Without yeah, really, you're trying tabs. really. So you're really you got to try and double what Minnesota did. Yeah, because Minnesota raised 350. You really need to try and raise 700 million dollars minimum. Minimum. Yeah, yeah, right. In in funding to yeah. pull this off. Uh, that's it's, fascinating. It's, Everybody, check out Jason's article in the Athletic. Uh, if you want more information, uh, so there you go. All right, let's send it to Mikey McNuggets. And not just Jason's article, but tonight, The Ultimate 216 makes its second episode, and Earl's going to be talking in-depth about what the city should do about the stadium situation, who should pay, who should be on the hook for it, and that conversation, based off Jason's article, will continue tonight with Earl the Pearl at 5 o'clock on The Ultimate 216 show. The link's already up there. You can click the Notify Me button for when Earl goes live, but make sure you all check out The Ultimate 216 show tonight at 5 p.m. Let's get to a little Cavs now, guys. Last night, a come-from-behind 17-point victory, or 17-point come-from-behind victory for the Cavs. It was ugly in the first half. A heroic comeback in the second half, capped off by some heroics from Darius Garland, who on the last play, and I pointed this out to Jason this morning, DG kind of called off Donovan Mitchell, who had a switch on Nikola Vucevic, and took that 
it wasn't technically the game winner, but it was yeah. tied. Hits the three, step back over Caruso. He missed the game winner on Monday. Comes back, hits the proverbial game winner on Wednesday in crunch time in the closing lineup. How much do you think that does for DG's confidence now as he continues to assimilate himself back into this offense? Cyrus, we haven't heard from you yet as Jason and I were yammering on, so why don't you get us going on this? Well, before I do that, I want to, yeah. first of all, I want to take this time out to wish everybody a happy Tyvis Eve. It's a <laughs> national holiday. Make sure y'all celebrate appropriately. Yeah. Now, I walked in, yeah, I walked in, <laughs> and I was just like, what did you, what was your reaction when you turned 30? And I said, I don't even remember. It's been so long. Well, happy, happy. Early birthday He's time. Early birthday tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. tomorrow. Oh, Congratulations. So, Donovan, oh. Darius Garland is the topic right now. So, Darius, yeah. it was big to see you do that. Obviously, Monday I was upset because I was like, I really wanted you to hit that. You had a phenomenal game. You seemed like you was hitting your stride again, and you, 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 didn't, you wasn't able to seal the deal with the game winner on Monday. To see you come out yesterday, last night, and hit that big shot, it, it does do a lot for your confidence because it's letting me know that you're starting to feel yourself. Like, you know, when you, when you get injured and you out of the lineup and the team is having a ton of success, you sit there and you ask yourself, how do I fit in this lineup? Am I going to be that guy? And you start to doubt yourself. And it seems like you've been trying to get your groove back. Last night solidified, solidified it for me that you, ha you can make those big plays in those big moments. Yes, it was still a minute left in the game, but to be able to do that, to call off Donovan Mitchell, who had a mismatch, make no mistake about it. We know Donovan Mitchell probably would have scored on that play, but to call him off and go up against Alice Caruso, who, by the way, I think was first team all defense last year, to spin him like a top, make him have this dance and hit a big shot, I think that was big. Now, my issue is with the cast because in the first half, y'all did what y'all did against the Sixers. Y'all came out so slow defensively, and in the second half, y'all got to waste all this energy getting back on track. And I don't know why y'all, I, I don't know if y'all just toying with people to see how good y'all actually are, but it, it, it's something that I feel like can come back and bite you. Like I say, the regular season, it's, we will say it's meaningless, but I don't want you to practice bad habits. So you got to continue to try to put together four quarters. I know Jason is sitting there like, oh, Tyvis, please. Nobody cares it's about regular the regular season yeah. against the Bulls. But still, it's, I, it's just y'all exerting a lot of energy and effort. Good news is y'all yeah. showed y'all can complete it. I actually thought, guys, that it was – I thought it was worse than the Sixers game in the first half because, A, the Bulls are worse. Although, to be fair, the Bulls have probably been playing better than the Sixers since Oh, Kobe, Kobe White like that. And Kobe right White's now. hot. But, however, why, the reason it was worse is because at least in the Sixers game, the Cavs were shooting pretty well. Like, mm -hmm. they were – and the Sixers were making a lot of, like, tough shots. In this game, the, the Cavs took awful shots in the first <laughs> half. They couldn't make anything there for a while. Except the last six minutes of the first half, they played well. But the first 18 minutes of the first half, they stunk. But they were bad on offense and defense for the first 18 minutes of the game. You know who the spark of the game was? George Niang. I don't like that guy. <laughs> he is he George Niang came out there and no, people he hit Trey. People love George. Beloved in the locker room. Really? Beloved. Listen, Everywhere he's been, I like beloved him. He, in the hit, he came out there, gave him the first lead, took somebody yeah, to the hole, got into a scuffle. He plays it just brought like, the energy to the minivan. <laughs> he, he reminds me of my days in radio where you'd have this one part-time guy working who was not that good, but he thought he was better than all the full-time <laughs> hosts on the station. 
And so he walked around like he was better than everybody else, even though he was slappy. You was think he Adam? <laughs> <laughs> now I was better than everybody in New York. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, you know. But anyway, I, I, that's. I, th- sort of I think you're like, mischaracterizing. Good player. Why do you? Why do you think? I don't he know. He rubbed me the wrong way. I, I, I think you're mischaracterizing. You're way off. I don't feel Jason can attest to this. He is beloved. Beloved yeah. in the All right, I'm being unfair. I'm going to have to change my uh, tune on him. Most disliked so, since Dion. You know, Kyrie was here after Dion. Yeah, but so. Kyrie's so good, even if he is disliked, <laughs> who cares? Anyway, go ahead. What did you think about last night? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I normally do, like, dismiss a lot of regular season stuff. Yeah. I thought it was important to win that game because if you go back to last year, the game before the All-Star break, they got smashed in Philly. And yeah. it was just kind of like a... Uh, like, you know, you, you it was were, a sign of things to come. It, they didn't play as well. Was. Like that. they were yeah. starting to leak oil a little bit. They get drilled in Philly. They got to deal with the Kevin Love situation over all-star break. And by the end of the regular season, they were sort of exposed in the lack of shooting and the lack of playable bigs off that. Uh, you, you could see <coughs> the boards. Yeah. And then it all came to light against the Knicks. And I didn't want this team to go into the all-star break. You lost the game to Philly that you probably should have won. And then, at home, and then if you come back and you lose to Chicago at home, and you go to the break on a two-game losing streak, both games that you probably should have won, it just, I just, when they were down in the first half, I thought, this, you don't want to make too big of a deal about it because they've had sure. such a great first half, but it's like, you don't want this to be like last year. So I, I actually thought it was really impressive or, or good to come out and win that game yeah. just to get some momentum going into the break, just so you feel good about yourself. I don't know that Darius needed to hit that shot to get, regain his confidence. Darius is confident in himself regardless. Yeah, sure. But I just thought it was good for the, for the morale of the team not to take a two-game losing streak into the break where you got a week to sit around and, yeah. and think about it. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not big on regular season wins. I'm right. big on building good habits in the regular season, though. And it all goes back to what I said, what I didn't like about last year was they, were just, they kept waiting for Donovan to bail them out. And, and I didn't know – I was at the game last night, but I, I was already downstairs, so yeah. I was in the hall, like in the t- f- tunnel yeah. watching the last shot. So I didn't see what Mike pointed out, but he's 100% yeah. right. For Donovan, like that's the play. Donovan did the clap. Don- Donovan on a mismatch, yeah. with, that's where you want it to go. And yeah. for Darius to say, I got this, I love that because yeah. that's exactly what I didn't like about last year. you got other guys on this team who can close out games. So give them those opportunities now – so that they have that confidence when it matters in the postseason. I thought it was huge. I thought it was great. Good on Darius to and good thing he made it because Mike said he's right. That's a conversation in the locker room. If he misses that shot, if he missed a shot the other night, that's right. And he misses that shot. I'm sure there's a conversation between Donovan yeah. and Darius there in the locker room about, yo, look what I've got. Like, give me the ball. I thought it was great that he hit that shot. I want to add one one thing too to what Jason said. This was a nationally televised game. And you look at how the All-Star break, the game before the All-Star break last year, and they got smacked, whatever. The Cavs had finally started getting a little more national attention. And then Monday happens, and they lose to Philly, and everyone's like, okay, fraud city. Now they're on ESPN, nationally televised game. The whole pregame lead-up was, are the Cavs for real? Is Donovan sticking around? All these questions. And if they had come out on national TV before the All-Star break, where they didn't have a chance to clear the record for another week, essentially, that would have been the whole conversation again for a week. So to come out, close out with the win, at least puts – not necessarily in our eyes, but in the national scale, these guys finally starting to get the attention they deserve. 
there's not that asterisk next to it for the next week as they get ready for the second half. So I thought it was important for them to come back and, and close and out the game. And uh, they're on ESPN and I think NBA TV a couple of times when they come back. Yeah, the Knicks at home on ESPN, yeah. the Celtics on NBA TV, and I believe the Heat is a nationally televised game. Yeah, they're game. playing the Sixers again. So they got some, some interesting games. I, you know, it's, I, I was just thinking about this compared to last year, right? They don't have that many more. They have more wins than they did the All-Star break last year. Correct. But not by a lot. I mean, it's not a huge difference. But if you look at it, I think about – I was going through every player on the team. First of all, you didn't have Struess, you didn't have Niang, and you didn't have um, Sam Merrill. And all three of those guys are, are big-time contributors, and they're all, most importantly, something Jason mentioned when it came – or Tyvis, I can't remember what you guys said it, but they're, all three of those guys play with a lot of confidence too, in addition to Darius. Like the Cavs may actually – is this crazy? That the Cavs may actually have more confident shooters – Total guys that are confident shooting the ball right now than they ever had on the LeBron team. No. More total guys. No, you're getting no? you're getting lost in the moment. I'm not saying better. <laughs> no, no, no. They had some Kyle, phenomenal shooters Kyle who were incredibly Corver. confident in their but shots. But did they have more total number? No. Like go back to the championship team, yeah. Jr. So yeah, Jr. You had was Kyle Corver on that team? No. no. They you brought Jr. LeBron, Kyrie to hit one shot. And he missed it. <laughs> yes. The quarter three at home against the Warriors. He was here for one you shot. had J.R., Kyrie, Kevin LeBron, and Kevin Love. The like 2015 Danny. season when they won the chip? Yeah. You also had Mo Williams. You had Shanning Fry. Mo Gotti. Richard Jefferson, confident shooter. Uh, Shumpert didn't make a lot, Mo, but very confident shooter. They had Joe Harris on the Mo Gotti. He wasn't playing in the playoffs. He, he didn't play much in the playoffs. But in terms of, like, you're talking confident shooters. Yeah. That was a veteran team. Yeah. It's different. It's different when you got a veteran team compared to... Let me make it very clear. I'm not trying to say in any way, shape, or form this team is better in any way. I'm saying the number of guys that are... Total number of guys that are confident in shooting from the outside, it might actually be a higher number just because there's more outside shooters on the team. It's in no way even close to as good as that team. I'm not saying it's better. Please don't clarify. The year that LeBron won, didn't he win 60 games with the Cavs? No. Well, that... They won 66 when he was here the first time when they got bounced. Okay, yes. And then he when, carried off the regular season. Who was the point guard that year? <clears throat> when they won 66? Yeah. Was it Mo? Oh, God. Yeah, I think it Mo was. Mo Williams. Yeah. But here's one, here's one thing, Jason, and I'm curious for everybody's opinion on this. It seems to me clearly that um, Okoro, Allen, and I would now say probably Mobley, too, are all playing the best basketball of their career. Yeah. Yes. And Donovan. And, and Donovan. Yeah. Sure. So I mean, I didn't think I like. I was. I thought coming into this year, even with the bad playoffs, that like we knew what Allen was. There was no further level, and he's gone up a little bit more. And I didn't think there was a little more for him. And Mobley's. You know, he's not shooting a million threes, but he shoot. He's and making the ones he's taking. There is. We have never seen a Coro this confident. I agree with that. Right. I, I mean, that. and that's a that's a game changer because he took a career high eight threes last night. Eight threes and he Did I he really? He made four. Who was it? Two. Right before Garland <laughs> hit that three. Akora was it Kobe White? I can't remember who it was, but he was in the grill of somebody. Probably oh, like DeRozan. 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 Oh yeah, it was DeRozan. DeRozan. You're right. It was, it was DeRozan. DeRozan. And he could not get off a decent shot. He was in his face. Great defense. This Great is, defense. This is a really important postseason for Isaac. Oh my god. Coming yeah. up. It, it, it is worth millions to him, literally, truly. Yeah. 
if he has no, a good, Jason, tens of millions. Yeah, tens yeah. of millions. If he has a good postseason, he will be writing. He'll, he'll be cashing really big checks next year. But it all comes. I, I we talked about on the show. I've already talked to other head coaches who said you have to pick something in a playoff series against the Cavs. You got to pick something, and they're going to pick Isaac. Like teams are still going to leave him open. They right. want it, they want him to prove that this is real and he can hit pressure shots. It's different making it in the playoffs sure. than it is making it in February. And if he makes them in the, I'm not saying he's not going to, yeah. if he makes them, he's, he's, he's built himself into a viable, legitimate three and D wing. Yeah. If he can make those shots in the postseason, Oh my goodness. Right. It's because a massive you difference. want to play him because his defense is yes. excellent. Yes. And if he's making, he doesn't have to be, you know, 45%. He's shooting 40% right now on catch and shoot three. Yeah, that's a fantastic number. Right, it's forty-two percent since January. Like that's who money. Think, who he think he is, Sam Merrill? He is. He <laughs> has got the confidence now yeah. in that shot, and I hope for his sake it that it translates that. into April, May, and June. Because if it does, it is a game changer for this team and for him in free agency this it summer. Is the best of this team? Now we don't know that we're going to get the best of this team in the playoffs. I shouldn't say free agency. Cavs still control his rights. Right. He's a restricted. Yes. Is the best of this team? the best that this team is capable of, in your opinion, mm-hmm. if they play at that level, can can they win a championship? Is it is it good enough? I, I, or, I, I'll, well, what's the most realistic distance they could go in the playoffs at their best? I think, realistically, the conference finals okay. is probably... You don't think they could beat Boston? Even I mean, I best. guess they could, but... I'd be that's really, really that's not a realistic expectation. Right. But getting to the Eastern Conference Finals I think that's is not real. crazy. I, I don't think it's crazy at all. Yeah. No, I think they get there this year. And again, there's progressions to this. There's yeah. steps. Last year was about getting there and, and getting your teeth kicked in and figuring it out. Now you know what it's like. <laughs> now you know what to expect. So, I mean, the real progression is to win a series. Sure. But I think this team's capable of winning, too. I mean, Do- Donovan, Donovan is top 10 in player efficiency rating, sort of the all-encompassing NBA stat. First time yeah. in his career. He's had his two best years of his career in Cleveland. And I, yeah. and I wrote something for tomorrow on, like, he needs to think about that when he's talking about his future and what he wants to do this summer. Yeah. He's played the best basketball of his career right here in Cleveland. It is amazing. We all love him, but I, I want both your opinions. Well, well let me uh, ask you this yeah, before we switch topics, yeah. just as real quick. What do you think is the Cavs' Achilles heel? Is it the shooting? Could it be potentially the shooting of Isaac Okoro? Or is it J.B. Bickerstaff coaching in the postseason? I don't know. i got to give J.B. a lot of credit right now. I, I, said, I said in the postseason. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the benefit of the doubt that his, the job he's done coaching this year will continue into the playoffs. Okay. My, 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 I guess my biggest concern about the Cavs in the playoffs is if Okoro and Mobley lose that confidence to shoot the ball outside – and then the middle's clogged up again, and 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 the coral's useless because you can't because it's five on four. Then that would be the the downside. This all falls on Donovan. Fair yeah. or not, he has not played well in the postseason the last couple nope. of years. And if they go far, he's going to get all the credit. Yep. If they flame out, he's going to take all the blame. This isn't <laughs> about probably be true. It's not about Evan. It's not about Isaac. You could say this is unfair, and yeah. I don't know that I would necessarily disagree. I'm just telling you, no one's going to blame Jarrett and Evan and Darius if this team doesn't succeed in the playoffs. It's on, yeah. it's on him. So. No, they will blame JB. Well, and, and here's what I would say about JB, and this is the point I made last year in the playoffs. What did you expect him to do? What did you want him to do? <laughs> they had no shooting last year, yeah. none. And now he's got the shooting. And the most impressive part, I think, about what JB's done this year, they are shooting it at an elite level. 
and they haven't lost anything defensively. They are still defending at the high level that he expects and that he wants. And they've added the shooting component to that. I think he's done a fantastic Ooh, job. Do you know where they rank defensively? Top they five. Two? Since January 1st. They're two? The two. By the way, guys, 30 Dang. seconds each. 30 seconds each. As great as Donovan Mitchell has been for the Cavaliers in the last two years in the regular season. Uh, both G. Bush and Earl were completely out of pocket yesterday, in my opinion, <laughs> when they said that Donovan Mitchell is the second best Cav in history ahead of Kyrie Irving. On a scale of one to ten, how out of pocket are they? I'm not even sure Kyrie's number two. Like we've had this, I, I, it's not two? Donovan. I don't know. Like Price? we could talk about Brad Doherty. We could talk about Austin Carr. Like yeah. there's basketball did exist before 2010 in Cleveland. Yeah. Like I, so, I just think that say, it's a wider say, on conversation. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being the worst, one being not that bad. How outrageous a statement? It's pretty outrageous. Now, if Donovan stays here another two, three, four years, we yeah. can have that conversation. Sure. But after two years, can he win? Can he win more than one playoff game? Before we do that, yes, as much that as would be, that would be nice. Tyvis, and, well, they go, ahead, wait, go ahead. Give me see. Get put the camera on, man. This I gotta take my hat off for this. Uh-oh. I'm about sick of the disrespect in Cleveland. Okay, the second best Cavalier is not Kyrie Irving. It's not Donovan Mitchell. Is it Giannis? Is it Drewness Ilgaskis? I don't care what nobody says. That man Easy. gave us so many great years. This man could shoot the three, get rebounds. Pass the ball. What more do you want him to do, coach? I mean, the man did every single thing. Shout out to Big Z. That's why his numbers in the rafters. By the way, thank you. You, <laughs> you know the? Do you guys know the bar restaurant Buckeye Beer Engine in Lakewood? Anybody yeah. know that place? Yeah. I was once having lunch with my family. This is like probably ten years ago. My son was like a baby, and uh, or eight years ago, whatever. And we were sitting outside at Buckeye Beer Engine, and he sat down with his family right next to us. And I'm, I turn around, and I hadn't seen that. <laughs> what the? Oh, my <laughs> Phenomenal dude. I didn't Phenomenal talk to him because I don't, I don't want to bother somebody with his family. He is a great guy. But, yeah, everybody says Yeah, that. he's awesome. Second best Cavalier. Uh, we're going to move on. Thank you. That was out of pocket, time. It's even the day before your birthday. Listen, still out of pocket. We're going to move on to our next topic. But first, a quick word from FanDuel. You can get buckets on your first bet with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And today's winning ticket comes from our guy, Jermaine Evans, who had a seven-game uh, seven game parlay so with he, different parts. He had a couple legs in the Cavs-Bulls game last night. He had the Heat money line and the under in the Raptors-Pacer games, a Tennessee college basketball line. Turned $10 into $163. So shout out to Jermaine Evans. If you have a winning ticket, as always, make sure you send it to us on Twitter. Email it to us, but we will feature it on the show. So every year, Bill Simmons, twice a year, does his annual NBA trade value rankings. He does it after the deadline. This encompasses contracts, age, ability, everything into one. It's trade value rankings, and he has 11 categories. We're going to run through the categories real quick before we tell you. Before we do that, two quick things. Shoot. Number one, for the audience, I'll let you know that Mike's been out of pocket for the last half hour. They're pressuring us to end topics when we were not ready. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of stuff we got to get to today. A lot of stuff we got to get to. We could always go away if we had to. A lot of stuff we got to get to. Number two, I give Bill Simmons credit because Bill Simmons is somebody that people hate or love, and that makes you good. When you're good at your job in this business, people hate you and love you. If everybody loves you, you suck at your job. What did that mean? I suck. 
Uh, well, yeah, nobody hates you. That's true. <laughs> but you're too new, so you don't fill up in that category yet. Um, oh, they'll hate you. Stick around. They'll hate now, you. do you guys like Bill Simmons or hate him? Or new, or you could be neutral. I'm, 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 I don't have I'm king neutral. I don't have a relationship with him. I yeah, don't I'm, have not, I'm not a fan. I like I'm a Bill Simmons. Simmons fan. Most of the famous people in this business, I don't like. I like he, Dan he, Levitard. He, I like Nick Wright, although his hair is annoying me. Yeah, he he really needs to do something. The with hair that. is really. You don't I, like the I'm hair. Sure people plus. say about my beard, but uh, Bill does know basketball, though. Oh, hundred like percent. He knows basketball. Uh, when I say I don't like him, I do do his knowledge. I do respect his basketball. Yeah, he does, but he's irritating. Most Boston guys are irritating. Anyway, go ahead. So these are the 11 categories in his trade value rankings. It starts from the lowest, which we'll go, and then we'll go to the top. They'll tell you where the four Cavs he had on the list rank, and we'll discuss whether or not we agree or disagree with these rankings, which leads us to the big topic I want to get to next. He ranks the top 75, so there's four Cavs on the list. Four Cavs on the list. These are all the categories, and this goes from 11 down to one, which is the you're never going to trade these guys. So it starts with the upside gang. Then you have legit quality starters. You have the we're secretly listening, but we'll deny it. We have the he's worth more to us than you category. We have the touchable untouchables. Next up, we have the too good, too young, too cheap category. We have the not a chance, stop calling. We have the budding franchise guys. We have the only if they made us do it. You have the untouchables. And then you have the utterly untouchables, which are your MVPs, Jokic, Giannis. Luca, those kind too of many players. Cat- too many categories. That is a lot I, of different categories. I do think it's too many categories. Some it is my the, one issue with this. I mean, but right, go ahead. 75 there are four guys, calves, that's ridiculous. Four calves on the list. Yeah. The first two, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, fall into the same category. That is the he's worth more to us than he is to you category. Some other guys in that category are Rudy Gobert, LeBron James, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, just to name a few. Jason, though, thinks Evan Mobley's categorized wrong here. Jason, you think... Evan Mobley should be higher than the worth more to us than you category. Yeah, I, Jared Allen, that's a good fit. That's that's. I don't think any of those guys besides Jared Allen should be on that. Yeah, Maybe Rudy Gobert. I don't know about him. But. I mean, LeBron. That's a little silly. To that's have stupid him, with to LeBron. Jalen <laughs> Brown. He's not valuable to other teams. Well, he has the biggest contract in basketball. His contract is. is massive. He's making sixty-five well, really million though. dollars a year. He's not worth what. The, I'm about he's the highest-paid he, player in basketball. Yeah, he's not dead. So. I, I, I yeah, think right. I think Jared is probably Jared's perfect. Jared's perfect yes, yeah, yeah. Evan. I think there's some and, and I and so I'm looking at this. I've got the the rankings in front of me or the levels in front of me. The groupings. Yeah, he's got. Sorry, he's worth more to us than them in Group H, and like three or four levels away is budding franchise guy. I would have Evan. Maybe yeah. I'm too high on him. But here's the other players in the budding franchise guy. I don't know if this is where you're going with it, Mike. Lowry Marketing, Tyrese Maxey, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams. Those are his budding franchise guys. I mean, those guys are – who's the last two? Uh, Holmgren Chet, and Jalen Williams, Holmgren both and, on the Thunder. Jalen Williams. I mean, those guys are all better than – Mobley's than not as good as Chet Holmgren. No. But I think he belongs in that group, especially – and we don't have enough of a sample size. But this three-point thing, if this is real, and it looks like it's real – Yeah. Like, this is going on now on a couple of weeks, and it's got to go last longer than a couple of weeks. But this isn't like one or two shots that he's made. He's starting yeah. to do this at a consistent level. If this is real, he's absolutely in that group. because he and, and JB tried to make this point last night after the game, and he's right. And I've probably fallen into the trap of talking too much now about the three-point shooting because it's become a hot-button issue. And I just think it's really important to the style of the way that they play. But he can do so much more than just – threes like he is a complete basketball player right the way that he can defend the way that he can move in the post some of the passes that he can make he is legit and and i just think this is the last bag 
or right. the last club in his bag. And I, I think he should be a lot higher on that. I agree with that. I mean, I don't. What's the? What, I need to see the category. I put him yeah. in between the category he is and the category you pick. Yeah, that's. I don't a, think he's as good as any of those well, guys. There's a I bunch of categories in between. I wouldn't call him a franchise piece yet. Right, because those guys are all more proven. Yeah, than he is. if well, he, I, mean, I know Holmgren's not been around. If that long, three point but. thing is real, then yeah, I would put him in that category. But if we going off of today, right now, I wouldn't consider him to be a franchise guy. Can you put the show us the categories in between those two, Mike? I can read them to you. There's the categories between sorry he's worth way more to us than you and budding franchise guys are uh, the incredible, untouchable, the incredible, touchable, untouchables. Then you have the too young, too cheap, too good, please stop calling us. Then you have the let me save you some time, F no category. I would put him in the too young, good, and cheap. That yeah. would have went there. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's, that's the, the one. one I'd put and the in. other guys <laughs> in that category are Michael Bridges, Franz Wagner, Brandon Miller. Yeah. Yeah, he, I, he should absolutely be in that. He's category. better than Isn't a lot of those category? names to me. What do you I, think, I agree. I, I would bump him up. I do think budding franchise guy. I think he could be. He I think compared be. to like the other guys there, he's, in that he's one step back. So yeah. I think he's in the uh, too young, too good, too cheap. He's also on a great contract. I know part of this is future contracts, and he's due for a max rookie extension, yeah. which probably plays a little bit of a role in it. But I do think he's grouped a little bit too yeah, low. Okay. I'm just Listen, trying we to all f- think Allen is fair. I'm trying Allen's to definitely out- fair. Who wouldn't take Evan? Nobody. Everybody would take Everybody him. Would That's what I'm saying. So why Evan, would you think that he's worth contract. more to us than the rest yeah, of the does, world? That doesn't make sense. He doesn't fit in that category at all. I, <laughs> I think agree. we've come to too young, too cheap. To, you know. Yeah, I'm comfortable I, with I that. think we're good with that one. Allen's good. So now give us Garland. Uh, so here's Garland, and he falls in the four-person, incredibly touchable, untouchable category. I don't like this one either. <laughs> he is Darius Garland, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson, and John Morant in this category. I think the premise of this is you look at a young – I'll use Garland for an example. A young point guard, all-star caliber player, on paper, you're never going to trade a 22, 23-year-old who's an all-star at that position. But for the right package, because of other circumstances, maybe yeah. you would. I think that's what he means by I'm good with that. Is he the worst player in that group? No, no, Zion is because he can't play. I mean, can you pull that group back? Zion's so good when he plays. I know, but he don't be. It was Ja, Zion, Darius, and Carl Anthony Towns. Two of those guys have massive issues. Zion can't stay healthy and can't lose weight. And Ja is a lunatic. Yeah, of course. So why would you put Darius in? He doesn't fit with those guys. That's not that's not a good pairing for Darius. Now, Darius has a lot of injury. I like the as far as but not to the Zion, but but he's not a problem off the court. No, as far as the label goes, I think the label is correct. He's a touchable and I think the problem is the other guys in there. I'm actually yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, him in and take those guys out. He fits the name of the category. Yeah, I agree. You think you don't like the category? You just don't like the guys he's in. I I don't like the guys he's in with it. I'm looking at his categories now to see where else he would fit if it's not there. He's certainly not in the too young, too cheap, too good. No, no, he got put. Uh, Let me save you some time. F no. Nope. He's not in that. Yeah. I think he's yeah. in the right category, but the other guy shouldn't yeah. be in there. I, I think that's yeah, what it is. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I, I can't. feel. I feel like that's that's the that, right answer. It's it's he's in the right category. The other guys with him are not necessarily in the same category. Right. No, I don't and I, but I do feel like the premise of it. If a team called Zion or the Pelicans was like, "Hey, we'll make a list offer for Zion," in theory, they they're gonna say we can't trade Zion, but they secretly be listening. I, I feel like. Take a, a big picture look. It's not the perfect grouping, but I can. Isn't, I think you can make the case for those. Isn't that think, a category? Secretly, will I just think Zion <laughs> yeah. and John Morant teams would trade them bef- 
before the Cavs would trade Darius, I think. Heck, LeBron, I agree, yeah. LeBron in the secretly we listen to. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's All go right. to the last one then, the untouchables. Now, this is the second highest group. There is the utterly untouchables, which is the Giannis's, the Lucas, the Jokic's. The, touchable, the untouchables, excuse me, there's more than just these, but a couple of the guys on the list in the t- untouchable category. Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Jalen Brunson, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry. I'll name you a few more just to keep going. Devin Booker and Tyrese Halliburton are the last two. All so right, that is who the full, are the utterly untouchables? The utterly untouchables. There are eight. Paolo Boncaro of the Magic, Anthony Edwards, Jason Tatum, SGA, Wembenyama, Luka, Giannis, and Jokic. And... What is the third group? That's only if we're forced or something? The group above that is the only if they made us do it category. So, <laughs> Tom, you should probably I'm about to say that. he should probably be in that one. <laughs> yeah. So, what's, who's in that group? De'Aaron Fox, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That's funny because I can see all of them making them do it. <laughs> But I don't understand. That's a weird category because what's the difference between this, that group this, this goes and back, the Untouchables group? This goes back to uh, you. 11 categories is too many. It doesn't make like, any it, sense. You, you just re- reach with 11. Like It could have been like six. Yeah. I mean, I, I think really the, the top three categories are all kind of the same. Yes. Really, with Donovan, I would look at it as he's got them ranked like 14th, and that's probably accurate. Yeah. I, think I mean, I don't have a probably problem. Yeah, yeah. On the whole of where his game is. Yeah. I mean, uh, Donovan Mitchell, the only reason you would trade him is because he's he wants, not going to sign long. That's if it. Donovan were willing to sign long term, you, you we wouldn't. Need, this ain't would even a conversation. Yeah, yeah. You would trade him. The only, I guess the, I guess the only time you would trade him is if you could get one of the utterly untouchables. Then you would trade him. Well, sure. But you can't get those. But you're like, not get the them. only way I would trade Donovan, unless I had to, is if I could get Giannis. Or yeah, if they Jokic, wanted, if Boston you know, wants to trade Jason Tatum, or let's Tatum, have that conversation. Right. Unless I can get one of the. You know, eight guys who are not too old and better, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't trade them unless I had to. All right. So. Well, that was a good thought discussion because it leads us to the next thing, which is what I really wanted to get to today. Before we do that, if you're watching the show, we appreciate you watching. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. You could catch UCSS every day in podcast form as well if you can't watch it live, if you want to listen on your drive into work or home from the gym, whatever you want. You can find us wherever you get your podcast as well. But that was kind of a thought exercise to get us in the – thought process for this next topic this is all hypothetical we are not advocating to trade anybody on the Browns we just want to have a discussion about what some Browns players would be worth if they hit the open market once again they are not advocating to trade anybody we're just having a thought discussion well there may be one guy on this list that I'm going to advocate to well trade, maybe but individually but yeah, this but is most not of these guys no we don't yeah, want to trade we're going to start with Miles Garrett we are not advocating for the no, Browns to trade Miles Garrett we're just trying to ascertain where we think the value would be if for whatever reason they decided to trade these guys, but yes, exactly. So most of make these guys, not all of them are guys we don't want the Browns. None of these guys are actually on the trade block at this moment, to our knowledge. We are just having a hypothetical discussion yeah. about what their value would be if they hit the open market. So okay. I'll give you guys a player. We could all degree, agree, disagree, but I'll discuss what each player's value would be if they oh, were to hit the open market. You're going to tell us what you think the value is, and then we got to debate nope. what you said. Nope. I'm just going to give you the player, then you gotcha. guys can talk. And, and it's what we think. Yes. What you think? What do you think his value is okay. in a trade? Okay. If that player, so was you got to obviously market. factor in off the field stuff, which really is only a factor <laughs> with Deshaun uh, in terms of the Browns. You got to factor in their contract, their the age. age. Injury history, all of that plays a role. Okay, Mike, go ahead. Are we ready? Let's start with Miles Garrett. What would Miles Garrett trade value <laughs> be if he were to hit the open market? Three first round picks. No. Three? 
I think it's two. I don't think it's three. Quarterbacks only. Three. A, I mean, most quarterbacks don't even get three. Right. Deshaun was three. That was extenuating circumstances. Right. Browns were desperate. He Ricky Williams trade. He need every pick in the draft. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> no, was, that was dumb. No, I think That's for my if dumb. you're not if y'all gonna say you not two first rounds. two first in a second now. Yeah, beyond the first, I don't know. You know. Oh, you could go in get, terms of. I think you would get two first plus something. You would get you a, would get other picks. Yeah, a third or third or fifth picks, or something like that. Third, yeah, th- there's some extra stuff, yes. but in terms of the key of what you the get, two first first-round round picks. Yeah, yes. three is too much. Nobody's giving up three for a, no matter how good he how is. How old is Miles? Twenty-eight. It don't matter. He's still kind there's of good. There's no non-quarterback <laughs> you're getting more than two first-round picks for. I agree with that. We, Khalil Mack, that, when he got traded, got what did uh, what Von Miller get traded for to the Rams for? I don't remember. Because they more than five. they I they was about say. to offer uh, Carolina like two or three first round picks for Brian Burns. The Rams traded their second and third round picks in 2022 to get Von Miller. They didn't even no, give a first is, round pick. Man, that's not um, two first round picks for a defensive lineman is good. Khalil Mack, got, that's a lot. I'm pretty sure Khalil Mack got two. He did, I think. But that's when he uncommon. went from the Raiders, when he left the Raiders, I yeah. Think but he and two. he was in his prime. He was. And he's a great player. Miles yeah. just won DPOI. I hear yeah. you. T- we're saying he get. You get he getting two for sure. Two At the first. bare minimum, he's and getting we two. We all agree sure. to get some other things, yes. but not a third first round. Pick. The Brown, it's the. I think the Browns would try to squeeze that for that third one. For probably sure. you probably get two ones, a two and a four. Yeah. What would like you that. get? All right, let me ask you this. Khalil this is, Mack, by the way, just to give you, this is probably the closest comparison. Yeah. And that Khalil was Mack got ago. two first rounders, a third and a sixth. Okay. What else did they get besides Mack? Anything? Mack and a sixth. So and they got two firsts, a third, a third, and a six. So they essentially right, so swapped six. six yeah, they just two got first, to the third. Two first yeah. and a third. So that's what they get for Miles, I think. Two yeah, that, I mean, that was quite, that was a long time ago. That, that was, was about ten years uh, ago. Right? Two thousand and nineteen. That recent? that was that close. No. Yeah. yeah, Khalil Mack was n- no. Yes. no. Khalil Mack was on the Bears when I was playing in the league, so that there's no way. Yeah, that go. You're, that got to be like eight, seventeen, and eighteen. What happened in eighteen? They got oh, it happened in eighteen. They got a nineteen and twenty first round right. pick. The trade happened 18. in eighteen. The trade was eighteen. Okay, I'm about ago. to say I was because I, I remember. Too, I think that's about right. Two I remember watching Khalil Mack destroy the Cardinals when we was about to play him, but I was like, this man got triple team and made the sack steal. Obviously, <laughs> this would never happen. But let's say you were in a scenario where the Chiefs had to trade Patrick Mahomes. Okay, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. How many first round picks would he, would they end up giving up? Like, would you, if you're the Browns, would you give up ten first round picks? <laughs> no, no, I would. No, I would give up ten first round no, picks for Patrick Mahomes. No, but you wouldn't. What the Browns? What, Patrick Mahomes? How much did we give up for Deshaun? Three. Three. Oh, they give him four at the minimum. Four. I mean, six or seven is probably. <laughs> That's probably. You wouldn't give up ten. Hey, no. hey the four. I would give up ten. No. Four. Four or five. Five. Can you even? Selling? Can you even do that? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's no the NBA. There's no step. Oh, this, oh. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, if yeah. they do that, they may have a Haslam rule. If they <laughs> 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 speaking of quarterbacks, if the value for Patrick Mahomes is four to ten, anywhere in that range, first round picks. Yeah. What would the value for Deshaun Watson be if the Browns were to try and trade him right oh, now? Lord. It wouldn't be a good. I'm going to tell you that because people don't want the contract and he's coming off of a shoulder injury that nobody's ever had before. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't think you would even get one first it, round. Yeah, it'd be very any, hard. I don't, think, I don't think there's a single team in the league that would trade for him. Oh, yeah. It's because of the contract. Or, right, uh, yeah, they would. Sixth round pick. Atlanta would take him. I don't, I don't Atlanta know. would take him. Atlanta would take him. You think they would? Yes. For a fir- one first? Now... 
New Mike Orleans. Mike and I were discussing this yesterday, and I say nobody would take him. Now, I was thinking about this. It's only three more guaranteed years at this point, right? Yes. So it's not like you're getting into a five-year deal. Right. So it's a three-year guaranteed deal. I think. So I'm going to reverse what I said yesterday, Mike, that they would get nothing for him. But I don't think they would get any better than a fourth-round pick. I think they could get better than that. I definitely think they get better. I think they could get two seconds. I think you two probably, seconds. No, I, two think, seconds. I think you get a third for him. Like two seconds. I think you get depending on who you going. If you going to Atlanta, they give up two seconds. I think if you going to Carolina, you get two seconds. Well, Carolina ain't taking them now. They got. Yeah. Why would you do that if you're Atlanta? Because that's I mean, right they're a quarterback now, away. Right. But do we know he's like? I, we were talking about this yesterday, and I said at this point I'm fifty-fifty that he's going to get back to being. <laughs> A top quarterback. I, we all want it to happen, but <laughs> do you think there's many people around the league right now that are not Browns I'm fans a, that I'm think a, he's going to turn it around? I'm no. slightly more no. than 50 50. I'm like, okay. I'm 65 35. 65 35. What's your feeling? I, I, right if now? you were, if, 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 if Deshaun played exactly as he's played since he got here and he played for the Saints, would you think. Let's trade for him? No. no would you think, hey, there's a lot there? Like, no. this guy's going to turn he's it around? Done. No one would think that. I, I wonder the percentage of, forget fans, because of, of football coaches, executives, analysts, what percentage of them think that Deshaun Watson could still be a top 10 quarterback? Not even asking for top five, which probably, he was. Probably less than 50. You say if you ask who? If you ask NFL coaches, executives, you know, analysts, former players. If, like Desha- that. if Deshaun Watson can be Deshaun, a top, do you think? Do you think Deshaun Watson will still be? Will at some point in the next few years be a top ten quarterback in the league? What percentage of them would say? So yes? he got to do it one time in three years. No, that he would cons- consistently get oh, back to being a top ten. And remember, in Houston, I think he was top five. But I'm only saying top ten or even top twelve. He could get to ten. He can't, but that's not the question. The question is, do you believe he will? Would you bet your reputation? Me? Bet your, yes. Yes, I you would. would. Okay, you're well, but, but this is, that's a loaded question because I need to know what else is being done at the receiver position well, yeah, and all okay. of those. Things. I need to know but, about other things. But um, the bottom line is, I think it would be less than 50% would bet yes on him. I bet. And I'm around 50% right Deshaun going to be top 10. We all hope so, Tyvis. He's going to be top 10. But it's I'm been four years. The 2020 season was the last time he was a top 10 quarterback. That's a while now. This I, is his last year to do it. Well, he ain't played. All right, so we split. So Tyvis says two second-round picks. Jason says a third-round pick. I think a third. I say a fourth-round pick. What do you say, Mike? Quarterbacks always seem to get more than I think, so I would say a third. I think a third's probably right in the middle. All right. I mean, think about that. A third. You gave up three firsts and more <laughs> to get him, which I was totally in favor of, and hopefully it will still not turn out to be terrible. But I mean, look at I now this. It's just the contract. He's with. been a bust. But look at what the 49ers gave up to get Trey Lance, and then what what they got for him when they moved on. What did they get from Dallas? Like a, fifth? a fourth. Yeah, a fourth. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it, that, that's what I think. Different like it, contract, obviously, not nearly as much money. Right. Owed to obviously, Trey Watson to, to has zone. had success in the league. Lance hasn't played. I think the but Lance is not getting paid anything. I think more teams would take a chance on him than you think. You think? Yeah. I, I you agree think a second that. round pick. Five is two second round picks. At, if the price is right, like you know, it, maybe at two twos they say no, but like New Orleans yeah. again, Tampa. Two quarterback. Two possibly. seconds in a reduced. Atlanta. Wait, what? How much you got left on his contract? Three years. 
So yeah. like money wise, we probably don't know that. Uh, one eighty, right? One roughly. Three years, one eighty. What was it? Two thirty. Well, he so only got paid six, one million the first so, year. So yeah, that, but it was. I no, think, but it was all signing bonus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he got, so got that's he got three years, sixty million a year. Roughly, let's say one hundred eighty. Oh, say he's one seventy-five. Let's say one seventy. He'd have to agree to a reduction to three right? for one seventy. Nah, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't do it. No, either. I wouldn't do it either. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't renegotiate either. Two seconds. I'm with you guys. Two. All right, let's go to the next one, guys. All right, Greg Newsom, who might be of all the guys we talked about, the yes. most realistic guy who could be traded. What do you think Greg Newsom's value is if he were to hit the open market? This Mary Kay was on my podcast yesterday. I asked her about because I said. Hey, if there's a guy you love early in the second round, would you consider, if it worked out, trading Greg Newsom in a pick to get up to the front of the second round or even late in the first round? I don't know if that's realistic, but, you know, if you would. And she said she didn't think Barry would do it because he loves his picks, especially his high picks. And she may be right about that. I would trade Greg Newsom in the right deal, guys. Uh, he's the one guy in this group that I would trade in the right deal because he's a good player, but he's their third corner and they got good depth. And, I, you know, I think they could... And unlike at wide receiver, the Browns have shown that they have an ability to find good corners. How easy is it to replace a slot corner of his caliber? Well, the difference between him is because Cam Mitchell came in and played so well, mm -hmm. and he's already been a slot. See, G. Yep. New got he got transferred to right. being a slot, so yep. he was. It's still a learning thing. He is right. naturally a slot. So if Cam, but what the what yeah. where his value is is that. You know Denzel's going to go down. Okay. So you always got the confidence to say, I got the dude that can go out you, there and but, get us through these games. But are you, would you, if, if it could, if there was a guy early in the second round that you needed Greg Newsom to trade to get that guy, my thing, wouldn't you do it? My and, thing, yes, but yeah. my thing with this is, who's going to trade for him? Why would you, why would, if I'm another team, why would I want Greg? I'm, if he's if he's been for the past two years been a slot corner, they're not gonna get paid. We that's we need a we need a number one lockdown corner. That well, is what the number one thing a defense they a number one lockdown. And that's they there may be teams that look at him and say he's a good number two corner. No, you don't think so. I mean, okay. yeah, sure. All right. So what do you think the, his trade value is? At the most, a third. At the most, third or fourth, I see it. It's a slot. Like, ain't, ain't nobody – nickels don't get traded, like, for bigs. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, one of the best nickels in the league is uh, – your Gilton. Exactly. And yeah. he – what, he got signed to? He, he was a free agent. He okay, didn't yeah. pay him a lot. Would you trade a second or third for, for Mike Hilton? I wouldn't because I think he's excellent. But the Bengals, But the Bengals don't have as good a starting corners as the Browns do either. So Mike Hilton in that role is more important. Plus, he's a leader on the team. That's not really Greg Newsom's. What do you mean? He brings the energy. He does. He does bring good energy. <laughs> Jason, what do you think his trade value is? This is hard for me because <laughs> as a straight up, I tend to agree with Tyvis, I think. He, he, to me, is more of a player-for-player player type trade. Yeah, I can see that. Or bundle him with the pick to move up to go into the first round. Right, that's what, yeah. Something like that. But if you're just trading him, I don't think the value is there. Going back to the Bill Simmons rankings, he's more valuable to us than you. Yeah. I don't know that the value is there. If you're just trading him strictly for a pick, I don't think that's good value on the Browns part because I tend to agree with Tyvis. I mean, listen, he played defensive back in the NFL. If he says he's worth a third, then I'm, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that. I agree it's a third. I do think potentially you could trade 
your second round pick at Newsom and maybe a late round pick to move up to the to the beginning of the second round. I, I think you could do that. So I think we're all around the same. All around the same yeah. area. That, that's that's clutch. Next up, Nick Chubb. Last year of his deal, sixteen or fifteen point eight million dollar cap hit. Would you guys think Nick Chubb would get in return if he were to hit the six. open market? Yeah, on his current contract, six. Yeah, yeah Titus is right. You know, coming off an injury, yeah. that big cap hit, six, six. Yeah, he has no. I love Nick. We all love Nick, but he has no trait. First of all, running backs, running backs. Yeah. for the most part, don't have – You don't even you know, know what you get. They got a lot from McCaffrey. I mean, the, the Panthers got a lot from McCaffrey. Different player. But he was younger, injuries. not coming off a serious injury. Better pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah. Completely different Nick, style. Nick has way more value to, to the Browns yes. than anybody else. Yes. And that's Obviously, the, they're not going to pay him $16 million. Nobody's – if Nick Chubb were a free agent, if they did cut him, I'm not sure how much money he'd get. Five, six million a year? He get a lot of suitors, I, but as yes, far as the high money, that's yeah, no. He, he, you don't know what you're getting. I think right. I think he he he's a construct where it's like we're gonna give you four or five million guaranteed, and incentives. here's incentives to get yeah. this to ten yes. as well. Yeah, yep. because you can't pay him guaranteed money. A running back at 28 who's coming off a knee injury and might not be ready for the start of the season. It's gonna be. That's gonna be. They're gonna have to figure it out. But don't you be, think? Doesn't Nick strike you as somebody that that knows the deal. How much is, well, nobody knows this. I was going to ask, how much has he made in his NFL career? Nick Chubb? Yeah. I want like, to say what, he's made about said. 35 million. I mean, he maybe? did get paid. He got a big Yeah, contract. I know he did, but I'm like, he's probably made, what'd you say? 30? 35 million? Yeah, I think it's like probably that. about right. 35 million. Give or take. Nick Chubb seems like a guy that's a pretty simple guy. Don't yeah. spend his money. I mean, he 35, yeah, he, he good. He He's simple but he's not going to be taken advantage of no not he, simple like the, he's a dummy no i know yeah, yeah. I, I know. he if, if they go renegotiate his deal it's probably gonna be incentive space yes right like i was saying yesterday what if you offered him a four-year contract two years guaranteed at like six million dollar base both years with a bunch of incentives that can get you to 10 12 million oh he each of those i years. don't think he would take it you don't you think, think he would take that he's I, made 34 million dollars in his career oh, we were really that close. nailed it that's crazy. You don't think you would take that, Jason? Six, years? just six million. It got to be more than why that. Why would he? Why would he that give you, you four years of control over him? Yeah, you cut. That's not a good deal for him. What's his? What's his cap hit this year? Sixteen right now. Are you trying to cut ten million on the whole thing? Well, he's not getting paid sixteen million. That's just the cap hit. What's his actual money this year? Do you know? Ain't it fifth? I thought it was like fifteen. I don't think it's it's, it's, it's sixteen. I'm, I'm almost. I thought that was 16. just his cap hit, not his salary. No, it's Nick just, Chubb's cap hit is 15.825 million his base salary is 11.775 million his prorated signing bonus is 4 million so he's, so he's already gotten the signing bonus so he get, so, so his, it's 11 his million his actual salary this it's year 11 million. is 11 it's 12 million 11 8, close to 12 million and how much is any of that guaranteed uh you probably don't say no. that okay so if none of it's guaranteed and he's supposed to make 11.7 if they offered him six guaranteed with a chance to make an extra six in incentives, I, so I, actually make even a little bit more if I was him, that are reasonable incentives, that basically if, if he's healthy and he plays, he'll reach If you said that to me, I would, I would come back and say eight, and you got a deal. I, I think you could find reasonable. Okay. It <laughs> sounds to me like you could find reasonable ground. But I, I wouldn't do four years if I'm him. No, I'm not. 
No, no I'm not giving you four years of control right. over me. Well, fine. I just thought it would benefit him. Well, well two years, two years, anything. eight. That's what I tell you. Two years, eight with a incentive. Two years, give me, 16 give me million. three million incentives base. Make it good too. two years, 16 million guaranteed. You can make up to 22 in incentives. Here's the thing. I don't know that the Browns were going to pick up that option when he was healthy. Right. So well, they're not going to. They, that's <laughs> I, I not pick up. The, I don't know that they were going to yeah. keep that contract. No, as they were. They, they go renegotiate. The Jason, like, he's not getting a ton of money in free agents. That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. know that you have to go that high. Maybe you don't him. have to go that high. Like you wait. say, you tell him four. With I would give him the. I would do right by him and give him the opportunity to make it back in incentives. Yes, every dime. But, but it's got to be incentive based. But you know what he's gonna say? I'm gonna test the free agent market. And I, then you say, okay, we love you. Go ahead, and we'll be here. <laughs> I mean, who, suck who's, to lose him, but who's gonna who's gonna sign him, him? Nobody coming off two catastrophic, a second catastrophic. Since the Cincinnati Bengals. No, maybe, not. maybe somebody does. <laughs> no, nobody's guaranteeing him a lot of money. I just mean? can't see it. But all well, at you know, this it only point, takes one team. All at that point. If they, if you only offer four, Cincinnati offering me six, why wouldn't I go to Cincinnati? You would, you would, and maybe at that and they point, look at it like they be like the Browns only Browns. offered you four, we give you six. Yeah, yeah, and, and then you be like, okay, cool. That, this is why negotiations can get ugly, <laughs> and and personal and feelings get hurt because if you're in, and and we're making all this up, right? Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I mean, no, nah, they definitely gonna do right, Bob. They, they you not know gonna. how negotiations go. If they if they do come and say you know four or five million, and he can get six or seven. Why would he go back and give them the opportunity to match? He's going right. to say, screw you. And yeah. So that's why this is, this is hard. It's, 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 it's a weird hard. thing. The idea of Nick Chubb in another uniform is. Isn't that uh, what happened to Albert Bell? No. He, Bell. he said he, he said that he got a contract and told the Indians that they're about to offer me this much. And, and, they, didn't believe and him. they didn't believe him. Or maybe they just didn't want to offer him that much money. Who yeah. Knows? Yeah. That was probably the truth. We got so, three more. Yeah. Next up, what about David and Joku? Coming off his best career season, still, he's not old, but he's not young. Kind of in that middle prime of his career area. What's if Joker hit the open market, what's his what contract? He like he like eight million a year. Is he like crazy. the he like the fourth or fifth? I mean, pay highest pay tight end, right? He listen. He's a good player. He had a very good year. Third. I don't think he'd get a lot in a trade. Third. I, I think you're right. I was right. going to say second. You think third? I think third. I'm uh, you can push the second. You could. You could push the second. If, I got to know what his money is. That. That's the. Now it also depends. Like if you're a good team that just needs a tight end and you have a late second round pick, yeah, I could see that. But some team in the top ten of the second round that's a, not a good team, then I'm, I'm trying, trying that. For I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a team. Unless you have an extra pick. Who got a good quarterback? I mean, the Bengals don't have a tight end, but obviously the Browns wouldn't trade him to the Bengals. No, that's not happening. The Chiefs Uh, replacement for Kelsey needs a tight end. Buffalo's got a young tight end. Obviously, Kansas City's got. Let's look at the NFC. Travis Kelsey retires, goes to Kansas City. What about Green Bay? Who does Green Bay? They drafted the two young guys. If you're the Browns, why would you trade him to Kansas City? I'm I'm just, I'm just mentioning the the NFC. (laughs) Dallas has got a young guy they like. Green Bay's got young guys they like. Detroit obviously has an awesome young guy. Yeah, they do. San Francisco's got Kittle. He's getting old, but Seattle. Um, pair him up with Gino. They had no offense this year. Yeah, I mean, like if you're Seattle, are you giving up? I take a, a that's third. That's our middle. I don't think they're giving up the forty-something pick in the draft for the third. Third. But if but I'm you, Seattle, I give up a third. Yeah, yeah. third. If 
third. Like, like I said, I can, I can, you can swing a second, maybe. Yeah. A late, if it was yeah. a team late, late second, yeah. But most of the good teams have a good tight end, except yeah. for the Bengals are the one team that stands out, and then I trade them to the Bengals. Let me look right. I'm thinking, who's another decent team in the NFC? I'm Philadelphia's got Goddard. Who does the Saints, go who's New the Orleans? Saints tight end? Taysom Hill. Who, who is Miami's tight end? They don't need a tight end. They don't have anybody. But <laughs> they oh, don't the, Buc- the, the Buccaneers, they don't really have a tight end, do they? They don't. Kate Odden. Yeah, he's Iden. all right. I don't, I don't think he's doing anything. But. Uh, we're going to put the last two yeah. into one. The Chargers we'll Because be they're both the DBs. Denzel Ward, Martin Emerson Jr. Is there any question on who would get a bigger return? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There is because Denzel's better, but he's injury prone and he's got a big contract. The contract is the reason why. But Denzel is still... But no, Denzel he had, is he had a great year. Denzel's Den- a number he's I, I, a for sure listen, number one thing. Martin yeah. everybody here loves Martin Emerson and he gets a lot of hype amongst Cleveland fans. But around the league, Denzel Ward is considered a different class yes. than Martin Emerson. Athletically, he's yes. unbelievable. I, so I told you that he's got a huge contract and you know he's gonna miss a couple of games each year. I still think he gets you. He get one. the most he get the most. I think return. you get a first round pick. Yeah. I think you get a first rounder for Denzel. Denzel's what, 28? How old is Denzel? Probably younger than that. Miles is twenty eight. Denzel's probably twenty six, seven. Miles is twenty six. Turns twenty seven in April. No, so it'll be Denzel. 20, twenty-seven. Denzel, you mean? What did I say? You said, you said Miles. Miles. Oh no, Denzel's twenty six. Excuse me. Turns yeah. twenty seven in April of this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or this yeah. year. April of yeah. this year. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so he's twenty. He'll be twenty. He'll be twenty seven for football season next year. Like I said, I love I love uh, Martin, but Martin Emerson, I, Martin still got some things. Player, he got some things young, he got to work cheap on. Contract, yeah. I think you'd get a second round pick for Emerson. Probably, you probably would. Yeah. You'd get more for Emerson than you would for Najoku, I think. Yes, corners because corners hold more value. Yeah, you get you a number one corner. You can. So, so we agree. First pick, first rounder for Ward. Second rounder for Emerson. Yep. Awesome. But I wouldn't trade either of them. I would. You know, you shouldn't. No. If you got a corner, if you yeah. got a lockdown corner, you never trade right. them. Go ahead, Mike. Also, oh, we'll move on, good. but after that was that was interesting, by the way, and I think the best conversations were the Najoku one was interesting. Deshaun. Obviously Deshaun was a fast. It's just it's just interesting to think like you look at a guy, but when you look at it from a trade value perspective, you may love a guy, but like Chubb, the return for Chubb is nowhere near how valuable he right. is to him, which is it's why position, yeah. age, and injury. Well, I and like I thought it just tied back to the Simmons stuff too, so I'm glad we we're able to kind of the put those Chubb together. The thing would have been context. different had he rushed for fifteen hundred yards. Oh like, yeah, sure. Like, but it's right. He he got hurt. He's, he's injured. He's old for That's older what, for a running back. If Deshaun was a top, it was performing like a top ten, it'd be different for him of too. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. And well, that's actually going to lead us right into our next game. We're going to play a little round of. I know. I think. I doubt. After oh, a quick yeah. word from Fanduel, you can get buckets with your first bet on Fanduel right now, America's number one sports book. Because at the moment, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. You can bet on. 
on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS and shoot your shot. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL, the NBA, and the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.